Welcome to No Plans to Merge, the podcast where we discuss the real problems facing developers today. I'm Daniel Colburn. And I'm Caleb Porzio. What is up, Caleb? Oh, man. There's so much up. So many yeah. things. Yeah. So many things? Yeah. Lots of things. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'm still fun employed. Yeah. Um, the sabbaticals prob- probably should end soon. But so I'm just going to get this live start, thing. Start I seeking start to generating earn money, <laughs> income, at some point. Um, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, so but the sabbatical continues, and I'm still working on LiveWare. But I'm right there. Like I feel like I'm there. I'm just doing like user tests with people now um, to find Where's bugs. Where's my user and, test, Caleb? What's that? Where's my user test? Oh, it's coming. I'm saving you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've only done one real user test um, with Hempill actually the other day. And nice. we ironed out a bunch of uh, a bunch of bugs, you know. Like every user test, hopefully, will just get better and better. But user t- note on user testing, it it's like I don't know. It it is the it is how mediocre people like myself can produce above mediocre work, you know. Caleb, you know what I would appreciate? What's that? Is if you would give yourself a break, okay, every once in a while. Um, it, well, all right. Well, I, I'll leave out the self-deprecation and rephrase. Thank you. Rephrase Thank it. you. Just so that I, I'm not like your, prompting your negative you self-talk. To... Your negative self-talk is doing you no favors here, my friend. Okay. Yeah, that that's funny. Like I, I try not to self-deprecate to prompt people. You know, I like I hate when people do that to me when they're like, oh, I'm just, and then and then I'm like, oh, no, you're not. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. Like I definitely don't want to do that, but I also don't want. I, I also like I kind of mean it. Sure. You know. Like I mean yeah, it yeah. that that like uh-huh. I, I feel that way, and I'm not like super depressed about it. I just anyway. Let me rephrase. So please do user testing. Give it a shot. Is how uh-huh. I, was about, I was about to say your average developer like myself, your your uh, kick-ass Laravel elite developer like myself, um, produces amazing work. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. I'll just inflate. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. That's never take an accurate look at yourself. That's what I found to be very important, right? Either either <laughs> tell a story about yourself that's totally unrealistic and blown out of proportion, or just kind of grind yourself into a small powder. <laughs> I'd love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll have to put that into practice. But user testing, what you're saying, I believe, is that user testing allows you to reach heretofore unreachable heights with your with your software because of the input of users yeah like i think i think there's there's the imaginary amazing product slash developer slash designer person who can anticipate who who can keep himself let's just pretend it's taylor like let's just pretend that it's him because if if it's anyone it's probably him Um, who can like produce a product go into the weeds of the product build the thing and like have everything in his head, but produce something that feels clean, simple, and intuitive. You know, like right. that's hard as hell. That's so hard. And uh-huh. the Maharaji. The Maharaji. How do you know about the Maharaji? I know things, Caleb. <laughs> I wish you would. I wish you would give me, give me the honor of assuming that I knew about Maharaji. I should have said. If anybody should know about the Maharaji, it's you and not yeah. me. So, because yeah. I know about it, I should have just I'm proud assumed. of you. Uh, yeah. Ram Dass's, uh, guru? Ram Dass's guru. Ram Dass's yeah. guru from India. Oh, man. 
Uh, another Buddhist episode. Um, well, the Hindu in this case, but yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that? so assu- you were talking about the Maharaji developer who's able to go off to the mountain and create perfect software and come down and give it to the people. Yeah, because they, they can hold it all in their head and they can like flip a switch where they go back into consuming this thing like it's the first time they've seen it mode and uh-huh. just make it clean and intuitive and simple and delightful. And I'm finding that a huge challenge when you have everything in your head from a very complex thing and all the features and all the things it can do to present it clean, clearly, simply. Um, so user testing is the key because I don't have to be amazing at that. I can just let people yeah, do it. You can just outsource that exactly. first experience. Yes. Yeah. And just watch people struggle with it and take really diligent notes like, okay, like he tried to install this and it didn't work well. Or, oh, he's confused on, on he thinks that this should work this way and clearly it doesn't, you know, so I need to mm-hmm. document that or change it. So, so a quick shout out to user testing. Have you, how much user testing have, have you done in your day? Uh, a decent amount. Yeah. Like at, um, at Titan or at, uh, your previous place? Not at Titan. Not at, at Titan. my previous place. Um, we did... We did some sort of design sprint. You, you, you read the Google design sprint book? No. Uh, so we did some of that. Um, and their whole thing is like get to user testing very, very, very fast. Cool. And then like cycle user testing quickly. Um, Sweet. So we would like get in the client's house. In this case, it was like an office in Atlanta. But we would get in their office for like a week. Wow. And... Uh, we would sit down and be like, okay, what do we want to do? Blah, blah, blah. Talk about the whole app. Let everyone get their like brainstorming ideas out. Right. Yeah. And capture everything and triage things and blah, blah, blah. And then there's this really beautiful exercise in the book where you hand all of these like C-suite executives, uh, you hand them all a piece of paper and crayons and you say, can you draw the homepage? Like, you know, like you, like CTO guy and like, you know, director of operations, you two pair off into a group of two with this paper and this crayon and draw what you think the like primary interaction in the app looks like. Before they've you know? seen anything. Right. Nothing's yeah. been built. Right. Okay. Yeah. So before you've seen anything, before there's any designs, like you yeah. draw what you think it looks like. And so Ooh, you've got like that is... six six sets of two people who are all various levels of technical or various levels of connected with the product, but they've all been sitting in a meeting all day about this product. You give them crayons so they know it's not that serious. Yeah. Right. And, uh, (laughs) and they draw the, the primary interaction in the app. Right. So in this case, it was like an app for like new car delivery. Um, and, uh, everyone's drawing like the interface, for like how do i like or it wasn't new car delivery it was just car delivery from place to place so it was like the whole thing of like how do i sign up for having someone deliver my car from place to place what does the screen look like where like i can see where my car is right now yeah you know and like people are just sitting there like drawing all this stuff and they're all in a different color crayon so you can tell which one came from which group um and then at the end of it like we take those and we now have a really good understanding of like the 
broad spectrum of expectations from this group of stakeholders you know yeah and so then we go back with professional designers and say like okay these are the like five versions of this interface that like some people who don't really know uh design have come up with in crayon let's see what we can see what we can do yeah and then we end up like sort of synthesizing all of that into a clickable wireframe basically um and then you can you can just head out to starbucks and uh buy a bunch of gift cards to starbucks uh and then put the clickable wireframe on your computer and just start walking up to people in Starbucks and being like, "Do you want a fifteen dollars Starbucks gift card to click through this thing real quick?" You've and, you've really uh, done that, like that's yeah, yeah, straight up. Uh huh. And it's like you want to click through this thing real quick, and uh, they do it, and you're like, "What do you think about this?" Like you you paint the picture. You're like, "You have a car. You need it to get from Atlanta to San Francisco. Like this is an app to do that. Like how does this feel?" That is beautiful. Um, yeah, and you just you just like have them click through it. You're recording them, you know, so like you have that feedback for later. That is and, so uh, genius. Like it's you, not. I didn't come up with it. It's I, in the Google. I book. know, but like <laughs> getting people to user test. Like there's there's services out there, um, uh-huh. where like freelancer type thing where like a marketplace where you can get people to user test. Um, but in my experience, it's more just like people reaching out to friends and and you know, and just kind of pulling people in. Um, but that is awesome. Like just go to Starbucks, well, hand out gift cards, and if and it's like a consumer facing app like that. You can just do that. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, if it's something that's targeted at a specific demographic, like then developers, then you've got to go get developers. But you could still go, to, go a to a conference Starbucks and do exactly the same San Francisco. thing. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> go to Starbucks in like Palo Alto, yeah, where it's right. all it's it's all Apple people or something. That's funny. Yeah, that's that's um, sweet. That's really yeah. cool. So you've done one user test. Yeah, um, I How did, did a, go? I did a really early one with Mitch, um, and it, the whole thing was in shambles. It had zero documentation. I just wrote him a couple paragraphs in the README, mm-hmm. and uh, and I learned a ton. Like, so the curve of like work, do user test, then go back and do a month of work with information mm-hmm. you gathered from the user test. Next user test, do user test, then go and do one week of work. Next user test you know, uncover things and you need one day of work. And hopefully that'll just keep getting more narrow and narrow until, um, until it's kind of sharpened. But can I ask you about your user tests? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, what are you giving them an assignment that they have to complete? Yeah. So this is pretty informal in the past. I've done that. I, so I got hooked on the user testing thing with the, uh, don't make me think book. Um, Mm -hmm. Highly recommend to anybody listening, don't make me think. I don't know. I just thought the whole book was gold. And and that that was kind of the light bulb moment. So the first couple of user tests I did at the company I was working for at the time, we did them just like they prescribe in the book, like very informal, um, uh, you know, like go on this, go on the homepage and tell me everything, uh, like just talk out all your impressions. Um, how does it feel? You know, stuff like that. And then give them some missions, like go and sign up for X. And then we walked them, onboarded them into an app and then had them do specific missions in the app. So I've done that style with this because it's just like a friend. Um, I I didn't do that necessarily. It was like, I guess I had some missions, but it was more like just start playing with it and get used to it. And when you get stuck, go to the docs, don't ask me. And then if we have time, like refactor one of your own things. Um 
from your own. Like yep. pull it into an already existing app and refactor a view component to a liveware component. So pretty informal, cool. but yeah. You know? Nice. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, what was the general, how did Hemphill do? Did he did he accomplish things or were there major sticking points? Um, he basically accomplished, so he, he's an interesting one because he's, like if there's a spectrum of uh, Laravel view savviness, he's on the very high end of the uh-huh. spectrum. So he was able to do, there's probably a lot that I missed because he was able to just grasp these concepts so easily. I, I think sure. LiveWire is super intuitive. The whole concept is like based on view. So it's it's super intuitive to anybody who uses view. So as soon mm-hmm. as he got the basic idea, and it, it did take a second. Like it takes anybody I've exposed to it, it takes a second to realize that it's it's most like you there's no VF, you know. There's mm-hmm. there's just blade if. Like you want to do something probably blade is the thing to do it in and so it takes a minute to adjust and go oh oh i'm just in php i can do whatever i want um so as soon as that clicked he totally got it uh he uncovered like bugs there were random bugs that we found and things that i didn't necessarily test for that he was you know he was doing he he took something from cron dog like the one part of cron dog that needed view and Mm -hmm. he um and he basically rewrote it in, in LiveWire and, and did it, you know, fairly easily for the first time being exposed to LiveWire, made it happen. And But nice. yeah, did find some random weird issues. Um, mostly just bugs, not not a ton of like things that felt bad or unintuitive to him. Yeah, so. like no bad API design really, just, just bugs. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't think there was any... There's a cool feature that uh, somebody pitched on Twitter that I thought was cool, but I just thought well that'll just happen later um but he could have actually really used like if if i had this feature what was the feature yeah so the feature is a little directive so like uh directives are like at like in in view of directives like vf or vls or v4 yep so um uh uh, just to be clear i'm not explaining that to you in case you're offended by my (laughs) low level (laughs) okay um but yeah, so there's a directive, wire colon, there will be a directive, wire colon, um, I think it'll be called oh, interval, wire colon interval, and uh-huh. then you can do, pass a modifier. So wire colon interval dot, let's say 500 milliseconds, and then you pass in a method, and then every 500 mill, it's just basically a wrapper for set interval in JavaScript. So it'll just fire that method to the back end. It's basically pulling. It's like a crazy gotcha. simple way to make your live wire component pull. Um, interesting so you could you could have like let's say if we were uh, rewriting forge and there was like the deploy button you know that's like green and then it turns purple i don't know the colors mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. um or whatever like a loading wheel or anything like that you could do a simple increments and then pass in like refresh or some some method i could make i don't know maybe you don't even need to pass in anything and it'll just refresh every 500 milliseconds you know or you yeah. can fire a specific method um, right. So th- that would take care of a ton of like real time interaction stuff. Yeah. Huh. Very cool. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. I think it's also cool. Yeah, boy. So. Yeah, boy. But enough about me. How's everything over in Deco Land? Dude, I live in React Native right now. Really? Um, and it is lit. I Interesting. Love I love it so much. Like full time, you're working on a React Native project. That's correct. That's crazy. Sheesh McGeesh. Sheesh 
Magish. It's very cool. Um, there are... I've gotten in the weeds with React Native okay. this week. There are things that I did not know about. There are things that... Like, you know, I knew React Native well enough to build simple apps. Um, I did not know React Native amazingly well. And I feel like I'm going through the crucible and I'm going to come out like capable of building almost anything in React Native. That's how I feel. Nice. Like this just feels like it, man, it's really not that hard for one. That's, that's the one thing about it is like building mobile apps has always been like a, a fear for me. Yeah, totally. Because they seem hard. Yeah. Um, because there's all kinds of, I think because you're publishing a binary basically, and I'm like, eee, like something about that like scares me and makes me think like I'm gonna need to know stuff that I don't know how to know or something. Um, I just think Xcode or uh, Swift or Objective C before that is just hard. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just writing JavaScript. It's React. right. No, I got I. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm saying that like I, I share your fear, and I've always been like, oh yeah, app development. But but so you were saying that even knowing about React Native and having used it a tiny bit, you had this fear that like, okay, I know I can build stuff, but I'm publishing a binary. I have to like, it's well, a different just paradigm. All, there's a lot of unknowns in there of like what, like what type of stuff. It, like when I really get down to like needing things, like yeah what's going to be available, what's not going to be available. Yeah, totally. You know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And uh, it turns out, like, everything's pretty cool, pretty chill. Uh, there's a ton. Airbnb, uh, apparently their whole app was built in React Native. Yeah. Um, and so they've created many very good packages. Cool. Um, like, I needed to, for example, plot a bunch of things on a map programmatically. Um, and I was like, okay, Google Maps API, mm-hmm. like pulled this. And I was like, this is going to be a huge project. Yeah. Oh, wait. Airbnb made a package called React Native Maps that has 9,000 stars on GitHub <laughs> and does everything that I need nice. and way, way, way more super simply with like a simple React component. Because obviously their whole map is plot or their whole app was like plotting houses on a map. Right. And like showing custom cards for them. I was like, oh, yeah, that is like the entire Airbnb app. Of course they made a component for it. And how nice of them to open source it. Because they um, don't use React Native anymore, are all those packages like not maintained as well? No, they're maintained. There's there's stuff happening. I don't know if the primary maintainers are the same right. people, but the React Native community has picked it up and picked it up. It. I mean, I don't, I don't even, it may still be the same people from True, Airbnb yeah. who just like are still doing it, but, you know whatever whoever's doing it like it's getting updates and issues are getting closed and stuff cool nice yeah it's pretty cool that's awesome so um i i definitely feel that like like i've used uh native script um you know we did the the native dev yeah, battle yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh so i've used it enough like i've pulled it all down i've gotten like the ios simulator like running an app that i made and i used view code to write it and had yep. like routes and pages and stuff like that um but I totally feel incapable, like m- maybe not incapable. If you, I, I wouldn't reach at all to build a, an app with that, you know, like really? I don't consider it something I can do, but I wonder, 
if so so you're saying well first do you feel was that how you felt before you had this project like it wasn't in your arsenal like creating native apps i i would say it wasn't something that i would yeah it wasn't in my like quick (laughs) if this is runescape it wasn't in my like the bar at the bottom of the screen (laughs) okay you know like i had these abilities like deep in a menu somewhere yeah yeah but like i didn't have them in my like quick deploy bar you know if if i was like sitting around on a 20 percent day working on something i wouldn't be like oh oh, and i'll just like spin up a quick react native app for this thing to let me do something right yeah um so yeah i feel much more capable of like deploying it at will now do you feel that way now like do you feel that like a 20 percent time day comes there's a problem or you have an idea that an app would be perfect for it and you would just go build it yeah yeah um i feel like especially at the end of this project i'm gonna be super psyched about it sweet um this app was originally written in ionic okay so Step one is replicating a bunch of Ionic functionality in React Native. Um, And it's been fun to just see, like, like a lot of the code, like, you know, like there's some code that, like, filters an array down to, like, allow you to... So you have a list of widgets and you only want the red widgets, yeah, you know? Yeah. There's like a UI for like clicking red and then having all the widgets filter out, right? Yeah. That whole function and everything, those are already written in Ionic. So I don't need to like rewrite all that business gotcha. logic. All I'm doing is like writing an app and then like the annoying fiddly parts that have nothing to do with React Native are mostly already written and if not, they're fairly simple. Interesting. So... My experience with Ionic was that, if I can remember, it used like I used Angular. PhoneGap or Cordova. Um, Cordova. Cordova, which uses PhoneGap or same thing, whatever. Whatever. Uh, yeah. um, and then Ionic was like a UI kit framework around that. Around Angular, around that. Around Angular, around that. Okay, I don't know if I knew that. So it's Angular components. Um, was it raw JavaScript? at some point or what do you mean uh, yeah anyway. it's basically an angular app okay all right go on um but yeah it, it's rough it was rough right like just the angular way of doing things is very difficult uh yeah very cumbersome you know i guess my, like, my question is you have an app or you're working on this project and ionic coexists with react native no we are replacing all the Ionic code with React Native code. Gotcha. So, but but you were saying that like red filter widget thing, you can just reuse that. What are you reusing? Right, because that is already written. Actually, his is written in TypeScript, but uh, that code is already written. Gotcha. In the Ionic app, so we can just copy paste it over and know that that filtering logic will behave the same way that it did before. So it wasn't Ionic specific. He had abstracted that functionality into like something that was yeah just just an array that's filtering by you know by some properties on the yeah on the sure gotcha okay i got it nice um so yeah it's been really cool to basically be able to focus on the things that are sort of react native specific yeah um learning a bunch about like uh contexts there's a really big i think it's an official package if not it's like one of the most official unofficial packages called react navigation okay um 
that is like a navigation package for apps. Um, and, uh, you know, I learned a ton. Like, for example, there was, an, there was a situation. Uh, there's some filters. All those filters that we were talking about, right? Uh, yep. Like filtering a list of things by a property. Yeah. Um, those filters need to persist and live between a couple of different screens, right? So say I change the color on the list screen. Yeah. Then I go to the map screen. I still want to have the same filters apply to the things I'm seeing on the map screen. Sure. Um, so how do you do that? Well, the easy way is to have like a parent component that has the state yeah. with all the filters in it, right? And then pass it down as props. Um, unfortunately, the way that React Navigation works is like you create like these navigator objects. Okay. Uh, that aren't exactly components and don't exactly take props in the classical sense. Okay. Um, and then you you pass all of them to a create stack navigator function. Is this React native specific or is this React router stuff? Uh, it's not. I think it uses React router, but it is the actual package is called React Navigation. And that's gotcha. Okay, go on. Um, so I don't. I think you actually can use React Navigation on the web if you choose to, but it's primarily used by people doing React. Gotcha. Games. Okay. Yep. Um, and uh, anyway, long story short, there's like not a place. So the components that you would need to pass props into, yep. there's like not a place where you write the tag that you would pass the props into, right? Like they sort of, there's, Gotcha, this, okay. This particular package does magic. It's like a dynamic the, component thing. And the magic means that I, I can't actually like modify the place where it creates the component because it creates it sort of in the background somewhere. Gotcha. And um, you can only so set like global like props that are passed in every root level component? Yeah, so I didn't even know about that for a while. And I was like, how do I get props into these screens yeah. you know and i was like i really don't want to install redux right now you know blah blah blah. sure and uh eventually i found that this thing has this thing called screen props where when you render the navigator you can pass it like a an object called screen props uh that you can pass to all of the screens gotcha um and it it has knowledge of the screen so you can do some specific creative yeah gotcha anyway it's things like that. Those are the weeds I'm getting into now. Is like and those that those React. that's sort of a problem that exists in View Router and React Router as well, right? So for like yeah. that like yeah. router view and component that that is just the component that renders whatever your router points to, mm-hmm. and if like you could just pass props into it, but it'll get passed into every every instance. Right. So doing those, yeah, go on. Yeah, well, no, I mean that's basically it. But it's like those types of those types of problems are the things I'm dealing with most right now, which is like sort of design problems yep right more than uh technical problems none of the problems i've ran into really have been like oh yeah it turns out like you know whatever thing that you thought you could do in react native you can't you know right yeah generally so far it's been like yeah you can do everything it's just like you are now responsible for some design problems yep you know yeah which is nice yeah yeah nice so React Native, good experience. Um, so Airbnb, 
like they put out that giant blog post three-part blog post whatever that was like right why we're switching away from react native to just native developers and, it, and it, the answer or the reason wasn't necessarily that like react native was bad it was just that they had to do so many custom things that um you know it was just better to have a dedicated team of native ios developers to hand yeah. to just to just do it to just duplicate the work when they needed to and just do do the work instead of you know it, it was like the trade-off of being able to reuse developers and code between android ios and web um and then also dealing with like the the differences between those three things it the scales kind of tilted as they needed more custom native stuff and it just made more sense to go away from that but for smaller places who don't have all that like all the need for those very custom native uh components utilities whatever then it makes sense to go react native Had, have you had to like do anything have you run into anything where it's like a shortcoming of react and you've had to get into swift or something like that or not yet not at all okay so so for basic functionality for most apps react native just does it sweet yeah so far um there are some low-level system things where you can sometimes need to hit device APIs. Um, for the most common ones, there are React Native wrappers, um, but there are occasional times where you'll have to call an Android one and an iOS one. Gotcha. Um, so, like, I think for like SMS, like the way that, like, one of the features in our app is that you need to be able to like text something to a contact, like share by text message, and it composes a text for you. Okay. Um, and the way you do that in android is different than the way you do that in ios so that's a place where it's like we're reaching into like base level functionality of the os um and so in that place even then we're still doing it with javascript and react components yeah but there's like an android version of the component and a gotcha. ios version of the component sure um are you but supporting there are places android where and it's iOS? like yes okay um there are places where and this is this is the really scary thing. This app has like an active user base, like the Ionic version. Uh, I think they have like eight hundred thousand sessions a month or something. Okay. Like and like one hundred and fifty thousand or something active users. So it's like very scary. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're working on a, a live project that the stuff you do people use. Uh. Well, we haven't deployed anything yet. Gotcha. Okay, but we'll have to do a whole episode on. At like, some point, we're gonna push this live to hundreds of thousands of people who use it on a daily basis. Sheesh, yeah, that's crazy. I know. How does that work? <laughs> like, I just I'm so curious to hear. Hopefully, well, everything right, everything <laughs> you learn about like, you know, when there's a bug, a pressing issue, on a web app, you fix it, you push it, and you're good to go. Yep. You know, but I, I imagine you know that life cycle is a bit different for. It is, yeah. Native apps, so that's, uh, like, yeah, you, you'll be, like, that would be your first introduction into, like, a real professional desktop-style workflow, desktop-app-style workflow, right? Right, where it's, like, like I've never get, done, your, get your stuff right first. Yeah, like, you know? compiling an executable or whatever, a binary. Yeah, and, and the whole, it. like, fail fast thing isn't isn't yeah, a right. good idea when you have to wait 48 hours for app approval to fix something yep so yeah it's gonna be interesting that's cool the uh the aol disc paradigm 
What? Remember uh, AOL discs? Like they used to yeah. give them out for free everywhere. Uh huh. You could just collect stacks of them. Uh huh. I don't know. That's just what came to mind. Was like, oh, because that's how you updated AOL. Yeah. <laughs> the new oh, AOL okay. disc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 The free one you get. Yeah. Oh, that and then is crazy. Them they used to have different versions of it. And yeah. Like. Oh wow. We used to collect tons of them because they were just fun, and we would uh-huh. go in the basement and just have these throw wars. them at each other. Yeah. Yeah. super okay, dangerous yeah, cool. but we know we had similar childhoods yeah right i know i, I should have just <laughs> you gotta throw to aol discs at people sometimes. i bet i could and go in my cut parents them into basement ninja stars. what's that you can cut them into ninja stars with oh with nice scissors. yeah i i bet i could go in my parents basement like i pretty much guarantee this and go into maybe like a distant corner crawl mm-hmm. through a bunch of junk and there'll be like a bunch of airsoft bbs and broken mm-hmm. aol discs yeah. perfect thinking that that's the life yeah that's a charmed existence yeah for sure so <sighs> decal yes sir i was thinking that we should talk about you know what let me save that okay. do you want to play a game yes we can just try it and if we don't like it we can cut it from the episode if not if you're hearing this it went well and we left it in the episode <laughs> woohoo so there's uh, something that Hannah's family calls the Disney game. And they okay. pass unbelievable amounts of time doing this. Like you can't even okay. imagine. Her family okay. does things. They travel a lot. So uh-huh. like many, many, many hours in cars and planes and things like that. They did a, right. a Haiti missions trip like three times. And they were painting a school down there. And sure. for weeks. And this is what they did all day. And it, I kept them occupied all day. And I'm okay. not a Disney fan myself. I'm not not a uh-huh. fan. I'm just not born yeah. and raised Disney guy. Uh-huh. So, um, Died in the wool Disney. That's right. But I have managed to have a ton of fun playing this and engage in the pastime. So I'll just spark up a game. So anybody sparks up the game by saying, I got one. And then it's basically 20 questions. So it's yes or no questions. Okay. And you answer uh-huh. yes or no until they find the thing. And it can be abstract. It can be very specific it can be like and is it just anything from a disney anything in the disney universe but most Uh of the time it's the it's disney world that's kind of like the unofficial like keep it in disney world so okay and there's thing annoying things you can do like try to get like make the whole thing disney world and then when somebody says is it in disney world no and then that's just like lame anyway point is she listens to a podcast called the mad chatters and uh-huh. they're a bunch of fun. They're they're just Disney geeks, and yep, and they talk everything Disney, whatever. Um, and Diz nerds, Diz nerds, yeah. Um, and they they play a bunch of games, and they do fun uh-huh. stuff like go on Yelp and like find the uh, like pick some like one guy will pick like a random really like one star review, like pick a random one star review of a Disney ride, read it, and you sure. have to guess what ride. So like fun, random games like that. So they Uh play the Disney game on the podcast and it's kind of fun. So I thought, what if we played the Laravel game where it's like 20 questions. Anything in the Laravel world? Well, it could be. I was thinking it would be fun to test our knowledge of the Laravel code base. Like (laughs) to like, I could pick like a line or uh, like a variable or a class. Like we could make it as hard or easy as, as we want. Um, okay. And then the other person would have to arrive at the thing by asking, you know, yes or no questions. Are you in deep? Okay. Okay. I'm thinking of, I got one. 
You got one. Okay. Yeah. Is it a file in the Laravel framework? No. Is it within a file in the Laravel framework? Yeah. Okay. Is it in like the GitHub repository Laravel slash framework? Yes. It is. Is do do I use ooh, it? Ooh, 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 okay. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, I want to say yes, but I think it's actually extended from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Laravel slash framework. Yes, I think it's in Laravel slash framework. Okay. All right. Is it something that I use on the, like? Do I interact with it directly? You definitely have when I program. Okay. Yes. So it's not something that is used by something I use. I I use it directly. Yeah. It the it is at it is in user space as they gotcha. say. Gotcha. Yeah. User land. User space. User land. User space. User scape. User scape. Uh, do I call this thing? Is it callable? Is it callable? Can I call it? Can you define what you mean by that? Can I put instance? parentheses on the end of it and hit enter and tinker? Uh, <laughs> and it no. runs some code. No. 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 Okay. Does it store state of some sort within a Laravel request? State. I would not say a source state. Singletony? Is there singleton esque things surrounding it at all? No. No. Okay. Um, so it's not a function. It is not a function. It's not a class. It is not a class. It's not a trait. It's not a trait. Is it an interface? Nope. Is it a global? Is it a global? Uh, is it a constant? It is a constant. It's a global constant. Is it a class constant? Uh, it's a class constant. All right. So I got to find the class that it's a constant of. Is that in Illuminate support? You can say don't know and I can ask other questions. Don't know, but think so. Okay. Is it related to Eloquent? Yes. It is. It's related to Eloquent. Is it on the model class? Yes. It's on model.php? Yes. <laughs> what is a class constant on model.php? Do I use it? Is it time related, related to time at all? It's not a constant. It's not a constant. Is it's it correct. a instance variable? Yes. Gotcha. Does it set some configuration for a model? Yes. Is it a table? No. Fillable? Yes. It's fillable? Yes. Nice. <laughs> good one. Oh, oh, you did it. Good times. All right. That was a segment of the Laravel. If you like to hear us guess things about the Laravel code base, make sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps people find the show. <laughs> I think that was good. I think that was good content. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. There's. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, Twitter. You tell us, was that good content? Yes, please do. 